Welcome to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. We bring you a 10-minute episode every single week to give you everything you need to optimize your well-being. The show is brought to you by BodyShot Performance. They use technology and science-based solutions to create happy, healthy, and resilient teams. Find out more at bodyshotperformance.com. And now here's your host, Leanne Spencer. Hello and welcome back to the Remove the Guesswork podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Spencer, and this is the Remove the Guesswork show. This is a 10-minute episode that we put out every single week with a little insight or the latest research or the latest technology that we bring to you, condensed and simplified, that you can weave into your lifestyle to positively improve your well-being. So that's what this show is all about. And yes, we've been away for a few weeks, but we are back with a bang ready to move through the gears for this episode, which is all about the foundations of fitness. So I'm often asked about what's the best time of day to exercise, what's the best type of exercise to do, uh, what's my routine look like, all this kind of stuff. Now, we have put out an episode actually on what the best time of day to exercise is. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But there are three things that I do as standard, which I think comprise the foundation of fitness. And actually, the question came to me a couple of years ago. I was taking part in the world's toughest ski race called the Arctic Circle Race. And before you think that I'm just humbly bragging, it was easily the most difficult thing I've ever done. I was in a right mess on day one, melting down more more than any snow um, and really, really was struggling to, to pace myself and get through it. But anyway, I did and I completed the three-day challenge. But we were talking then about what we all did to maintain base fitness because we were in very elite company with various athletes and winter sports athletes and professional sports people. Uh, We came last in that race, by the way, but we did finish it. And the conversation was all about how we prepared for it. And, And actually, I put a lot of this into practice for getting my base level of fitness and then just did specific things for that particular race, like cross country skiing and roller ski training. But here are the things that I think apply to anyone Uh, that you can use as the foundation of fitness. And number one is, you may have guessed, walking. So I aim to walk between 10,000 and 12,500 steps a day. Um, And there's various reasons why I do that. One is it's just an amazing way to build base cardiovascular fitness and endurance. It's fantastic for that. Um, And it really helps that I've got a dog, a beautiful Romanian rescue dog called Cammy. So every morning... It's my shift, as it were. She and I strike out into the park or into the local woods. And I probably get about four or 5,000 steps just from that morning dog walk. And there's loads of other stuff I get from that as well. I get to listen to podcasts or audiobooks on my headphones. I get to think a bit about the day ahead or just think about anything that I want to spend a bit of time thinking about. I'm immersed in nature, particularly if I'm in the woods. It's wonderful to sort of wander around, listen to the smells, uh, the different sights that you'll see, different colours that come out as the seasons move. And then to see my little dog, well, she's not so small, but running around, enjoying herself and sniffing things. It's just absolutely great to start the day that way. So if you have a dog, that's a nice, easy way to get a few thousand steps in. And then for the rest of the day, you know, I might take the long route round to the post office if I'm going there. Um, I'll walk rather than taking the lift. I'll take the long way around the building to get to things like the bathrooms and the cafe and so on. And then I'll have to put a walk in at the end of the day as well, as well as as my commute, short as it is, from home to the office. 
So all of that adds up. And sometimes I will have to put in an extra walk. I'll have to take Cami a little bit further around the block, for example, to get that amount of steps in. Now, we'll go into another podcast episode, why 10,000 steps, because that's not my sort of rough estimation. That's what some of the science is suggesting is a really good base level of steppage for us to be doing. But that's what I'm aiming for. So that's one thing. Now, there's another reason why I really focus on walking as a foundation of fitness. And that's because of a study that came out a few years ago. And the study found that when an individual walked briskly for 10 minutes, their overall mood and energy improved for up to two hours afterwards. So that's a huge return on investment. The same study found that when the participants exercised briskly for 10 minutes or moved briskly, walked uh, for three consecutive weeks, their overall mood and energy improved throughout the whole day. So it's phenomenal, I think, phenomenal return on investment. So that's another reason why I make sure that walking is very much part of my foundational fitness. It's a good opportunity now to talk about what fitness means to me. It isn't how fast you can run and how how heavy you can squat. For me, it's about being fit for the rigors of daily life and the rigors of business life. And it's it's also about strength in all its different connotations. It's about health and longevity. It's about energy and it's about mood. That's why I want to be fit, as well as being able to lift things and be functionally fit. It's about all of those things. It's very holistic for me. Um, And fundamentally, walking, as a last point, is just very good for your cardiovascular fitness and endurance as well. So that's why that is my big number one, why I'm spending most of this episode on that. But secondly is movement snacking. And this is the idea that every hour you do a little minute of movement, whether it's up and down the stairs, five push-ups, 10 squats, quick, quick whiz around the garden, whatever it is. And you do a little slither of that for a minute every single hour. Now, if you're using a prop like a dumbbell or a kettlebell, then keep that in your line of sight in your primary place of work so that it's a visual cue. So your eye falls on the dumbbell and you think, ah, movement snacking, need to go and do that. Um, You could diarise it, although it's tricky to put a minute in a diary, but you could just have a sign. Or another little trick, which is if you like dopamine, which most of us do, you can get a whiteboard or a piece of paper and you write down the hours that you're working, 8 to 9, 9 to 10, 10 to 11 and so on, And then you can tick it off when you've done that particular movement snack, which gives you a little hit of dopamine, makes you feel good, makes you feel like you've accomplished something and can help with adherence, can help you get consistency around this particular habit. But what I also love about movement snacking is if you're doing, let's say, 10 squats an hour in an eight hour workday, that's 80 squats, which is decent. Now, if you're walking at the beginning or middle of the day or the end of the day, you're movement snacking every hour, you're going to be in pretty good shape in terms of base foundational fitness then when you combine it with tip number three you're really off to the races so number three is making standing up your default so rather than sitting as a default which you know we all do it i can sit for two hours and think geez where did that go if i'm not deliberate about this so you make standing up your default so you come in you stand up and you'll sit down if you need to take lots of notes or you might sit down if you've already done some exercise Or you might sit down if you've been standing for a couple of hours. But standing up is the default position. So instead of coming in, sitting down, thinking, oh, I must stand, you come in, you're standing, and you think, oh, I must sit. Or I need to sit, or I'd like to sit. And you can make a standing workstation out of anything. Books, magazines, ironing board, uh, windowsill. Uh, Or you can get a device that I use, cost about 30 quid on Amazon, called a laptop table. Uh, All of that kind of stuff. Um, it all works. Or you could get a more sophisticated 
rising standing desk. But making standing up your default is, is uh, I think, a really big one. And it's easy to do for most people. Uh, my osteopath and I did a YouTube video a couple of years ago now, two or three years ago. And in that, he was talking about the best posture for sitting for most people. And he also said that the decompression, sorry, the compression forces that go down the spine when you're in a seated position start to have a negative impact after about 30 minutes. And most people sit for more than 30 minutes at a time, I think. So, so you've got quite a combination of things there. Walking as much as you can. So really think of that as your primary mode of transport and, and get in a minimum number of steps. I mean, one of the reasons why I go for 10 to 12 and a half thousand steps is that's five to six miles of walking, which might sound a lot. And sometimes I'll do that in one fell swoop. But actually, it's just a series, lots of little pockets of movement, which is the best way of doing it. And you think about how we moved ancestrally. We didn't do a sporadic piece of exercise or movement, which, of course, would have been very functional in those days, hunting, for example, or running from a predator, and then come back and sit down for a prolonged period. We would have been doing lots and lots of daily life movement, a little bit of movement here, a bit of movement there, frenetic burst of activity because there's something there to hunt, and then back and little pockets of movement. And that's what you're trying to go for. And with the movement snacking, you can see how that's contributing to that pattern of movement. And then standing as a default is just more energizing. You get more uh, weight distributed across the different muscles and different joints of the body. It's just a, a, a good default position to be in when we're in these sort of sedentary roles, that is. So that's it. Um, thank you for listening. It's great to be back behind the microphone. Share this with anyone you think could benefit from it. Um, that's probably the greatest compliment you can pay us. And we'll be back with you next week. I and mean, all that remains is to, to say thank you very much. Stay healthy. All the very best for now. To find out more about what Leanne and the team at Body Shop Performance do for companies, head over to www.bodyshopperformance.com. While you're there, why not take our Wellbeing at Work scorecard and find out how your business measures up in four key areas of well-being well-being strategy and aspirations, well-being resources and training, energy and motivation, leadership and values. Thanks for listening and see you next week.